The Gospel reading this morning is from St. Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 through 44, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1562. Glory to you. Mark writes, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. And then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns, and they got there ahead of them. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And by this time, it was late in the day, so the disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, That would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five loaves and two fish. And then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. And taking the loaf, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, and he broke the loaves. And then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you please uh, pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I am not the good shepherd, but I know I am. I am not worthy of 
being in this office, this holy office of ministry. But I know I am. I am not but I know I am. For those of you listening at home, I just pointed up to the sky when I said, I know I am. Get it? I am not, but I know I am. And you do too. You know the great I am. And you are close to him right now. Why? Because you came in this morning and through the liturgy that has been set up through the ages, we heard the soothing, life-giving, healing words, your sins are forgiven. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen? Amen? Thank you. We'll see you next week. It really is that simple. I so needed to hear this morning. Uh, Sorry, I'm walking around a lot, honey. I'm trying to do it with purpose. (laughs) I so needed to hear this morning that my sins, for the sake of his son, the great I am, My sins are forgiven. And not by my authority, but by his. And by what was done on that cross. I had to hear that this morning. I had to hear it because things are falling apart. And it's hard right now to grasp that they're really falling together. What do you mean? Well, you know, we're going to have a chance to pray, but... um, Tracy's mom and dad are are very, very ill, and things got really bad yesterday, really bad. Her mom has stage four cancer in her larynx. She's been going a week in chemotherapy and radiation every day. She's not feeling well. And her dad is not behaving very well because age has taken him. He's falling apart, and he's lashing out. Maybe some of you can, I see a lot of heads not about, you know, yeah, you've been there, you know. Dementia is a, a horrible thing. Cancer is a horrible thing. It's falling apart. What do you mean, Ken? It's falling together? Well, in that archaic old hymn that we read and, and sang, stand up, stand up for Jesus. At one point in time, it says, we hear the battle din, but then we hear the victory song. That's, that's our life here in this flesh is, is a battle. But soon, in his time, we'll hear this, the victory. And that's where we have and why we have the hope. And that's why we not only sing, but we do read from this old book. Because it points us to Jesus. Every, every bit of it says, it's been done for you. 
the good stuff is coming. It is falling apart and it looks like it, but it's falling together perfectly. Do not be afraid. Week after week, I talk to you and I say, you know, the, 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 a proper uh, proclamation needs to point out that you need Jesus. The proper proclamation says that the law will not save you. You were born condemned. You were born into sin. I have a friend of mine that sent out a baby announcement and said, me and Beth just gave birth to another sinner. Some people go, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. And you've heard me talk about that, but anyone that has children, they're sinners. All they care about is themselves. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I got poopy pants. Right? Well, that's not sin. Well, yeah. It is. And even more than that, they were born of a man and of a woman that are sinners. And I will take you back to the part here that says, uh, let's see, one, two, their third response. Could everybody look at your thing right now? Oh, you didn't tell me I had to participate. Well, (laughs) surprise. What does it say? Uh, the, the, your third response. First one is in the name. Second one's Almighty God. And then all together we said, if we say we have no sin, we what? And? If anyone's sitting here going, yeah, well, I probably haven't sinned as bad as you, Pastor Ken, I would say, you're probably right. Let's compare notes. No, let's not do that. We've all fallen short, and if we say that we are without sin or my sin isn't as bad as yours and so on and so forth, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, and there's not much that can be done for you. However, if we confess our sins, and I heard you, and so did Abba Father, if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, it is as simple as that. And yet, we put up barriers. And that's one of the themes today that Paul was writing about were the barriers that were, that were coming up. Um, but we have barriers as well. It's called denominations. It's called non-denominations. It's called I think. We put up barriers. The Jews... They put up barriers. You, you, you know, they had 613 extra regulations on top of the Ten Commandments. Why? Barriers. To who? You, Gentiles. Do you know that at one point in time, they used to have a wall, an actual physical wall that kept Gentiles out of the church? And it basically said, no trespassing. You're not wanted. We are the chosen people. They found that. That's archaeologically provable. It's there. Walls. 613 regulations. Those Gentiles won't follow that. They'll just say, walls. We put up walls. 
we put up walls and regulations that, you know, um, let's just, since I'm going to hammer on baptism, we put up walls and say, infant baptism is invalid. Baby can't choose Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Um, neither can you. What is baptism from Luther's small catechism? Baptism is not just water, but it is the water included in God's command and combined with God's word. Okay, I love this because it's questions and answers, and I'll add my own thing. Okay, smarty pants, which is that word of God? Well, it's right here. Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Matthew, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's Matthew 28, 19. Well, it doesn't say go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them as soon as they are old enough to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There is no loss in translation from the Greek. So what benefits, Pastor Ken, does baptism give? It works forgiveness of sins. It rescues from death and the devil and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this as the words and promises of God declare. Okay, smarty pants, which are these words and promises? Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Mark, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Well, wait a minute. If I don't get baptized, can I be saved? Yes. If you believe. If you repent, your sins will be forgiven. What about the the thief on the cross, yeah. Talk about being in the right place in the right time with the right guy. Yes. Third, how can water do such great things? It's not just water, but the word of God in with the water, in with the water, the word of God that does these things, along with the faith which trusts this word of God in the water. For without God's word, the water is plain water and no baptism. But with the word of God, it is baptism. That is a life-giving water, rich in grace and washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. Washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes upon us like a dove, just like it did with Jesus. Titus chapter 3 says he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior so that having been justified by his grace we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saving saying. And lastly, what does baptizing with water indicate? It indicates that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned. Daily, contrite, repentance, daily, 
sometimes many times during the day. I have to daily, moment by moment, especially when I'm commuting, say, I'm sorry, Father. I'm a a horrible sinner. I need you to forgive me. And he does. And then that new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Daily, like the waves coming in. That's how often we need to seek forgiveness and to remember our baptism. Ooh, I'm doing pretty good here. Slam! You know, no, that's how it works. Daily. If we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves in the truth. Is not in us. So where is this written? St. Paul writes in the Romans, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life, a new life. We are reborn. Nicodemus didn't understand that either. He came to Jesus one night and said, how can I be reborn? Do I enter my mother's womb again? And Jesus says, you know, come on, bud. Actually, he didn't say come on, bud. He said, you're one of the leading teachers and scholars, and you don't understand this? Repent and believe. It's just that simple. So what do we do with that? Well, we know we need Jesus. And we know what Jesus did for us on that cross. He died a death for us. He became sin for us. Therefore, we are no longer guilty. We are justified through what his sacrifice was. We are not worthy. But through our baptism where we are sealed by the Holy Spirit through water, word, and the Holy Spirit coming upon, giving us a faith. Faith is a gift, right? Faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And faith does come through baptism. Faith does come from hearing the word. Faith is a gift. When we come to this church service, we don't come to be served, although, wait a minute, yeah, we are. Well, I come to the service to to serve. God needs my help. Do you really think that? No, you come to this service to be revived, to be refreshed, to be fed. This entire service is about you just holding your hand out and receiving. From the beginning of confession and absolution, you receive forgiveness of sins. Through the gospel proclamation, if your pastor gets out of the way, you receive faith. Well, I need a burning bush, Pastor Ken. I need, a, I, need, I need something. Well, here it is. You want to see Jesus? Here he is. He's at this altar. What are you talking about? He promised. He promised. 
that I will be there in these simple elements. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. You need Jesus because the law does not save. Jesus didn't end the law. He met the law. You could say abolished, and in the Greek word for that of abolishment, it means, it means rendered ineffective. Law brought death. Jesus brought life. Come and taste life. Come and taste forgiveness of sins. Come and taste salvation. The table will be prepared, and it's waiting for you. And there's plenty of room at the table, just like 5,000 men were fed on, was it five fish, or five breads and two fish, right? And there was extra. You think there were any ladies there that day? They just counted the men. I would have counted everybody, right? You know, hey, this would be nice, you know? So let's just say there's at least 1,000, maybe a couple kids too. I mean, did they have daycare back then? No. So there... I think it's safe to say that more than 5,000 people were fed. He provides. They were about to put a wall up. Send them home. It's late. We don't have that kind of jing to, to pay for people like that. Send them away. Let them get their own food. They can come hear the good news later. Jesus tore down that wall. He had compassion on them. He has compassion on you daily, moment by moment. That's his promise. Grasp it. Come and taste it. In the name of Jesus. Amen.